Mike check one two one two. Over the events coming at you. Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! Breaking news! What do we have? Tell them! Tell them! Biggest day, most important day, five twenty one. 2023. What's going, what's going on on 521? Storia. Broadway. It's going down. At the Dirty Library. We're having our debut event for Obri Events, hosted by yours truly, Late Night DJ, and Danny Vels DJ. <laughs> and for all the listenership, for all the sauce we've given, we need every motherfucker to come out and support one of the biggest milestones that our startup brand pretty much has had in this event space. Uh, but this is one of the biggest things for us. 5-21-2023 Obri Events presents Sunday Schoolers at the Dirty Library. And the most beautiful part about that is, Danny, let him know. The most beautiful part about that is, is that you got Danny Vells and DJ Late Night on the one and twos. It's daytime from two to eight. So if you have anything to do the night of, you can still do it. It can be, this can be a pre-party. If you're doing something the night before, that's fine. Come to the day party on Saturday because we're setting the summer off right on 521. But the best thing is, and I really don't want to say this because I want people to come to the grand opening. But we're going to be there every Sunday. Every Sunday. So the whole Sunday, the whole summer, we're there every Sunday. Sunday Schoolers is the name of the party presented by Aubrey. That's right. Weekly, 2 to 8, and the ending time to be changed to even longer. That's based on if you guys come and support us. But, <laughs> I mean, straight up, straight up, that's yeah, what yeah. it is. But this is huge news. I mean... All intros aside, what can what can we say? We we worked hard. We're we're walking the talk. We're walking the walk, talking the talk. Uh, you know, basically what we've been we've been preaching on this podcast, right? Doing everything on your own, being your own kind of boss in in this space. Time and time again, how, how many times have we said how we're really trying to change something in New York City? We've talked a lot of shit. Over the episodes, we've talked. We've, <laughs> we haven't bashed, but we basically called out the the promoters in this space how difficult they could be to work with. We've we've really criticized even the most major events here because they suck, and we're trying to unsuck the scene. And that should maybe be our motto: Uns- We're making the scene unsuck in New York <laughs> City. I mean, and the city. I mean, listen, the scene is not that bad, but. People will buy into what they got. If they don't got something yeah. good, they'll take the worst because they just want a little bit of fun. And we're trying to really fix that. This is just the start. This is just the start. This we we may get we're gonna get bigger, we're gonna get stronger, we're gonna expand, we're gonna get bigger venues, and we're gonna get a bigger, I guess, group of DJs. We're gonna have a whole gang taking over this shit. Ah, go on, tell them. We're not done. We're not done. No, you know what we're doing? Hold on, let this rock. You know 
All right, all right. Listen up, listen up, listen up. I come from the era, and I don't want to sound like an old man, but I come from the era where parties were crazy. When I say crazy, I mean everybody was dancing. Everybody was dancing. Arms in the air, sweating, going wild, jumping up and down, break dancing circles. And I still love the scene today, but just the two-step is just driving. It's, it's just everybody two-stepping or some people, some like, uh, you know, younger crowd uh, stomping roaches, which is, uh, what is that? What are, what are, they, um, what are they doing? Uh, shuffling. Uh, yeah, shuffling. Yeah. And that's cool. I'd rather see people shuffling than just two-stepping all day. And I listen, I two-step too because I got, I kind of got, um, I guess, indoctrinated. You know, you see everybody two-stepping like, all right, I'm a two-step. But, uh, yeah, I want everybody to start. I want everybody to dance again. And this party, I think, is going to bring back just the essence of what a house music party used to be. It was just everybody coming together, having a good time, meeting new people, not caring about who's looking at them, dancing, not giving a fuck about the phone. Like, I've seen, I I don't want to sound like an old man, but, bro, some of these videos, like the art, not the art, not art, um... Fuck, A Tale of Us, those guys, right? Down to Mexico. That one video is just everybody, everybody had their phone up. What are you going to do? You're going to post that on Instagram? Everybody else is posting that same fucking video on Instagram. I mean, take videos, take pictures all you want, but goddamn, dance. Anyway, so we're bringing that back, and we're also making music. Well, we hope that wants to make people dance again, right? So... Before I go on, I think we should hit a little bit. We should hit the people with a little bit of the song that that we're working on. Just a preview, because you know it's still we're still finishing it. It's gonna be done by five twenty one, because we're gonna test it out five twenty one. But we're gonna give you a little taste right now. I actually have an idea for the baseline. I'm gonna do a little addition. Hector Lavoe. 
still a work in progress. WIP, baby. WIP. WIP, baby. But Wow. And you know what? Puerto Rican Day Parade is like the second weekend of June, the second Sunday of June. And we got this coming out right around that time. We might have to throw a What's never been done before? A house music, Puerto Rican Day Parade after party. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Speaking of themes and what we're thinking about, that's a genius yeah. idea, actually. That yeah, that has a music? genius idea to really bring in, bring throw that kind of like, I don't want to call it Puerto Rican house, but Puerto Ricans love house music. Like, mm-hmm. look at Tony Touch, right? You got yeah. Louis Vega, and like uh, Tony Touch has Funk Box. You can see a lot of Puerto Ricans that dancing. Uh, and having a great time. Same with Louis Vega. His followership is is huge. Yeah, we uh, should. Yo, terms- we should hit them up. And tell them, yo, do you guys want to partner up on the number one party on Sunday daytime? Well, actually, it can't be an after party because, well, yeah, it can because the the parade ends at five. A lot of people leave earlier. They come back to Astoria or people that don't go to the parade. They come through, you know, just to fucking party with us. We'll kind of mix in, you know, dope. Latin tech house, what they call, which is just which is just how which is just house music and tech house with you know with Latino vocals like Bad Bunny and the Salceros. But um anyway, just a wild idea. But yeah, that's a that's the song we're working on. It's a lucky day and um it's gonna be done by five twenty one. I have some ideas. The baseline I did I didn't do the A B A C, you know, like the variation. I did A B A B. Because uh, I was testing it out, then I was like, "This sounds good," but it kind of gets monotonous and a little bit boring. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try two things. I'm either gonna try to do like on the kick, like add an additional kick right before that next bass note hits, because the last kick, well, the last part of the bass line, uh, it goes. It's the same. Um, shit, I can't think of it now. But anyway, the kick. Gives it an extra like groove to it. So maybe if I add one in like the second bar, it might do the same. I don't know. I'm gonna try that. Or if not, I'm gonna add like one note in the bass line just to give it a little variation. Then it will be perfect. The little umph. I mean, it's a WIP work in progress. A whip. When I get it, it's a whip. We're, we're coming hard. Summer's coming. You know, I ain't gonna get ahead of myself, but some shit may be listed soon. Never know. Report top one hundo. <laughs> Never know. Let's see, bro. Um. So yeah, Sunday. Wow. First party. Last. No, actually, not last year. Two thousand twenty, bro. We were at that bar in the Lower East Side that plays house music. We went after. We went for the. We went for the a- double H, the HH, and we were like, "Yo, let's start something." What gave me the idea was. Was it the day you? No, you had your birthday party during COVID, I think, right? When did you have your birthday party at at, at Lawrence's? Twenty uh, twenty during the pandemic in the heat of it. Okay, so okay, I think I think we always wanted to start something, and so we tried that. Like February, we met up. We're like, all right, let's. We thought of a name. We came up with B side. We set everything up, and then boom, the pandemic hits, and then. Your birthday party happened, and I wanted to start something with you because I know you like house music, you're interested in it, you're DJ, so ladies do something. But then I saw your birthday party, and I saw how many people you had there, and I was like, 
oh shit, okay, so not only does he like this, but like he can get like his his crew and friends that crew of friends out. And that's a good start. That's always a good thing to have because, you know, my friends have already, most of them have already gone. They're not going out that much. Um, so, yeah, so we've been talking about this. 2020, we tried to do it. COVID happened. And then last year, everything started to open up again. We said, yo, let's do this again. Let's do it right. And we were like, yo, let's just, let's just do pop-up parties anywhere we want. We did one at Rainy Park within like three weeks or two weeks, I think. We, we did a party. And it slowed down because we didn't have, you know, summer was already almost ending. We didn't have any um, any venue opportunities. So we, you actually said, let's wait till it starts getting warm again. And let's just plan and just kind of like look for venues. So we did that. And now we got a venue. So we talked about it last year. We started it last July. And we did everything we said we we're going to do. And we within that time. We upped our production game, release releasing music. I released something. We're going to release something. You're going to release something. Everything we said, we've done. So let's just keep saying shit, bro, because everything we're saying, we're doing. Yeah, it's like it's like the, what we always said, like writing it down works. And I'm like, damn, it really works. Like you write down your goals for the year and then you look back, uh, you know, December, th- uh, 30, December 31st. And you're like, holy shit, I did all of this, you know, and, and then some. Uh, but I think writing it down and putting it on the world, like it's not about manifestation, right? No. I mean, you could get you could get very like very deep into this topic, but it, you you basically embed the idea in your in your brain, and then you kind of do actions in your life that will lead you to do it, right? Yeah. So like saying it all the time or manifesting it is really just telling yourself and giving yourself the boost of confidence to keep pushing forward to it. Uh, so. Or kind of just give you the motivation behind it. Doesn't have to be a boost of confidence or anything of that nature. So this is just a result of that, right? We're really walking the walk and talking the talk that that we say. We're not just kind of like two schleps, kind of sitting, uh, potting and and complaining. We're really trying to mm-hmm. come here and make a change. Uh, we're really here, like what sauce we share about production and and things like that. We're we're living through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, event struggles and throwing the party. We really went through it right and like this pod is a great memoir or a diary for us and listenership to prove like let's look at episode one where we were and look at episode 300 and Mm -hmm. how how far we've we've gone and it you know it doesn't take much for two guys to sit around and grab a microphone and and just say things right there's many many people like that Mm -hmm. it's really the doers that that make a change and we're just a group of doers and the podcast is just something that's in parallel that comes with it as well. Like think about it like this, opening on the pod, consistent pod, uh, episodes now all the time. We said, we're going to throw an event permanently and find the home for it. We did. And we found them. We couldn't find a better home. Yeah. We said, we're going to get production. We're going to produce tracks. What do we do? We're producing tracks. It's really just patience. Everything is a slow burn uh, in life and, if you keep jumping at it and you don't really kind of let time and and your talents and your motivation and your confidence kind of help you push yourself to your end goals that you have, then you're really, you know, then you really are just two, two schleps with a mic, right? <laughs> you know That's actually I mean? a good uh, good name for a podcast, two schleps with a mic. <laughs> and that, could, that could be the ramp pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think the way we're going, going by 
about it is kind of cool too because you know we could have gone the easy route or per se the easy route right who what what do you think the easy route is oh let's find a, a venue some small venue intimate venue in Williamsburg or Bushwick where there's already people going out there's already like maybe foot traffic and you know it's people are already familiar with that area they go out there so it'll be easier per se to get people to go out i think it'll be harder because it's so congested over there now right but we we went out of that we went to astoria because we thought oh astoria there's no no nothing really for house music there's nothing at all for house music anything for hip hop is the same shit in every venue over there right restaurant bar club same stuff same dj's people that live in and around that area of Astoria, probably go to Winnersburg for house music parties. So why don't we just bring the house music party here to, to Astoria? Pretty much untapped. And I think there's a big, I think there's a decent market share to grab there. And we said, you know, forget doing a night party. Not only is that probably a little bit harder to do, I'm not even sure because people are used to going out at night. But we're doing a Sunday daytime party because who doesn't like to go out on a Sunday during the day in the summertime? So I think we have the we have the best home for this. It's a brand spanking new venue, fully re- gutted and remodeled. It's already it's already like um fits with our theme, the Sunday schoolers. And it's our house for the next foreseeable 20, 26, 52 weeks. Who knows? You know, after the summer, we might move to nighttime downstairs because it's going to it's going to it's going to grow. And the upstairs is, you know, it's an intimate room. We're going to have to move downstairs and then the party's going to be downstairs and upstairs. And then, you know, we might need to bring some guest DJs or guest DJ to spin upstairs. And it's going to be hard. We're not gatekeepers, but it's going to be hard to get into Albany. You know, Albany is a specific. It's a specific. I'm just. It's a specific vibe, right? You can't just play certain style of music. It's Albany's a whole thing, man. You know, like this thing that we came up with. Like it's the mission, the mantra, the vibe of it. It's like you got to fit that. Just like music on paradise, you don't just get. You know, you don't just produce a song or DJ a night and they're like, oh, you're down with us. Like, it's hard to get into that. So, you know, that's the same way. The same way they hold themselves in high regard. That's how we hold Obi in high regard at this level. I think that's how you have to be as a brand. But yeah, and rent. No, I mean, I, I agree. And it's not about gatekeeping. It's yeah, no. it, in a world of saturation of DJs and everybody and their mother is a DJ. I mean, there's a point in time where everybody... There were memes of two guys looking at a person like hit by a car. It was a cartoon saying, oh, I can't help them. I'm a DJ. I said, uh, you know, so because uh, everybody really is a DJ. So you, you really have to just know what the hell you're doing. Do, do you have to have a following? No. But uh, do you, are you a, a good DJ? Do you play good music? Like DJing, like what we, you could, any motherfucker could mix two tracks, right? You could, if you, you could literally learn. The hardest of the hard vinyl. If you really work hard at it, 
you could mix with CDJs, which is pretty almost easy to intermediary. And then you could use sync, right? Which is the easy mode, right? Mm -hmm. That anybody could do that. That doesn't make but, you a DJ. You need to know what records to play and how to really throw a journey. Just know how to DJ. DJing is not mixing tracks. DJing is putting, throwing down proper records and showing some sort of journey with your music. Yeah, And that's what we're looking for. And we're not gatekeeping uh, because when we were kind of thinking to get out there or just, you know, looking at the scape of what's going on in, in New York City and in terms of getting a gig or throwing your own party, it's very, it doesn't really look for that, right? Yeah. It looks for the following, how many tickets can you sell? Uh, you basically have to, you know. Do you be, live in the UK? Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to be the the promoter's bitch. Yeah, yeah. Or do you have a following, you know, from the UK? Uh, where you know a lot of the music is being produced out of right the mecca right you you know that's the meta uh, of all of this thing if you will and like that's all we're looking for so it's not gatekeeping we can't be hypocrites here but at least know what the fuck you're doing you know so we're taking the submissions uh, if mm -hmm. you want to send your mix over the yeah. events uh, at gmail.com send them over and we're gonna review every single one if somebody sends one in and if you really do have you know, really DJ. That's what we're just looking for. Do you really DJ? Mm -hmm. Are you throwing some sort of, are you throwing a party with your music? Or are you showing people a journey? Are you really thinking about what records you're playing? Not just pressing sync, right? Or just playing because, the next Bad Bunny remix. Yeah. In the world of this commercialization of, of just music, especially in the house music world, are you straying away from that? Or are you just kind of a replica of the next guy, right? So it's all that we're asking, right? And we want to give everybody an equal opportunity, uh, you know, to have a chance like we did, right? We're not going to halt anybody. And we we also, like we said, we're trying to develop a roster for our, for our team here. There's a lot of opportunity here. Like we see this going beyond the venue we have. We see this going to larger venues or to two floored venues, like, like Danny mentioned, having having somebody upstairs and downstairs putting two different vibes. Can you set a vibe? That's, that's what that's really what was, what we're asking. Yeah. That's the whole thing I was thinking when you were saying like, um, journey, can you like be like, you know, select the right tracks? Like, I think it's going back to like being a, what they call them in Jamaica selectors, you know, you gotta be a selector, right? But can you, can you create a vibe? Can you build a vibe throughout the night? You know, not just, not just play one hour or two hours and just play straight bangers, but can you dig into crates? Okay, if I put the crowd that just wants to hear the Bad Bunny and the reggaeton acapellas on, on the commercial tech house, if I put that crowd in front of you, can you make them vibe as much as they vibe to the commercial shit? Because if you can make that crowd vibe to like your set, and not play any of that. Not saying that that's bad, but like I don't want to hear twenty Bad Bunny bangers, right? But if you could make that crowd vibe, vibe out the way they vibe out to commercial bangers, because that's all they're looking for, then you then then you know you are a like a selector or quote unquote DJ. Like you got it right when you can make them vibe, and they don't know any of the songs you're playing, because you said it once, Mike. You were like, you know, with house music, you you, you catch a vibe, right? 
And that's what it is for people. Like, it's just with hip hop. I remember when hip hop, when I was young and I listened to hip hop and I played hip hop or played it in the car in the summer, you felt you felt some type of way. Like you're listening to Biggie. Oh shit, I feel cool right now. Like I feel good. I feel smooth. The same thing is with is with house music now. Like you hear a piano track, you feel like you feel euphoric, you feel happy, but if you hear that like that grande minimal tech house style, you feel like you're smooth, like, oh shit, I feel cool right now. Like I feel I'm feeling like ill right now, you know? So like it's about setting that vibe for people. And not everybody want, might want to feel like that, but if you grab people's attention and 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 they're feeling you, they might just say, like, take me wherever you want to go, you know, and you got them. If you can do that, yeah, man, you you're golden. And and just like the documentary that you sent me yesterday, I'm glad that Tony Humphrey said it and that guy from the UK, Carl something, William Craig. It's like, and I know this was back in the day, but back in the day they were saying you gotta produce, you know, blah, blah. they were like, You don't have to be a producer to DJ. You just gotta be DJ. And Carl Cox just said it too again today. And I get it, you know, maybe before social media, you had to be a producer because producers, you know, people heard their music, they sell, you know, they sell tickets, right? I wanna go see this DJ. But now with social media, you don't have to be a producer anymore again. Now you could just be a DJ because you can grow a following. And again, I say it all the time. If you're selling tickets, even if you suck, you're going to get gigs. But for us, if you're a nice DJ, don't worry about fucking selling tickets or producing music because we're, we're building a brand here and we're building it from the bottom up and we're going to do it different. And me and Mike are the ones that are going to really like take this brand to the next level. So don't worry about that. Just fucking make sure you can have a crowd in the palm of your hands when you're mixing. That's all. Yeah. And, and if it's going, going, you're coming with us. Whoever, yeah. I wouldn't say if it's the criterion, but really is, is one of these kind of, is really a DJ, is coming with us, right? We're trying to build a roster of, of DJs that we want to help put on as well and take this opportunity and jointly help them. But like I said, it's just not easy to come by these days, especially it's interesting because the scene here is quite pretentious, right? Um, yeah. The music goers are pretentious. They're quite educated in the music. Uh, and, you know, the ones that are really into the music or so they say that they are, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of niche little followings. Bushwick has the hard techno and the LGBTQ plus scene uh, with the hard techno vibes. Uh, Willie B kind of has that still that housey kind of uh like uh like a equivalent in london uh shortage hoxton they're getting commercial though now yeah now it's commercialized right it's completely gone it's kind of just bringing in like headliners and uh only throwing parties like that like that this is like a great opportunity in a world of this pretentiousness that's around in terms of promoters or anything to really get your name out there through our brand who's really the whole anti of that all that we ask is you just know what the hell you're doing and you're a great DJ. Uh, and it's not, it's not that big of a ask, really. Because, you know, the sync but button, but your button, the sync <laughs> bu button is, is, is not, a, it's not, it's not a detriment to, to, to the scene. It's just mm -hmm. a, I mean, it just, you could sync. It doesn't matter. Just as long as you know what the hell you're doing uh, and throwing and you'd be really truly, truly being a DJ and throwing really good records down and mixing well.
um is really all that we're asking so the email's out there it's good it's in the bio as well i mean in the description um mm -hmm. please hit us up send your mixes and we want it's an equal opportunity uh hustle you know like yeah. you're with us and there's unexpected slots that you may get that you never knew you had and it's a chance for you to really express yourself as a dj and throw it down in front of a proper crowd and you know bring your friends along as well yeah bring them all bring them all and come check out the party uh but yeah funny you say about i don't want this to be like a podcast talking about the new york scene but it's, it's funny you say about the pretentiousness because everybody you know they say oh you know house music is open to everyone we don't judge or anything but some of the some of the people in house music are the most pretentious people that I've ever met. And I've been in the hip hop scene, the open format scene, and there's none of that. There's no pretentiousness in that scene at all, you know? But there's this uh, crew that does something new in Brooklyn. I don't want to say, I don't want to name any names. But, you know, I, I sent in my information and they're brand new. So they're not, it's not like they're getting a thousand messages. Not, they're probably not even getting 10 messages a day. And I don't hear back. Like, you don't say anything, you know? You don't even say, like, oh, you know, not interested. Like, come on, man. Like, you already you already think that you're that big, that you don't have to respond to people. Like, that. I, I've, I've always said I'd never be like that, and I've never been like that with, like, my business. I reach out. If people email me, I've always emailed them back, no matter if they were just, like, a beginning engineer or wanted to be an engineer or new designer or non-new. I always hit everybody back. I think it's a uh, it's super important, and uh, it's just a, it's a nice thing to do. We're not going to be like that, like 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 you said, bro. We are going to be the antithesis of all that fucking bullshit, man. And on top of that, I remember when when like we first met, we were in that we were in that Sunday school group, right on Facebook. How fucking pretentious were those fucking little kids in there? You know, yeah. like they were so pretentious. And, and, I, and I was like, this is a different scene than when, you know, when I came up because everyone was cool. I was in a, a thing called Sick Tracks. That's when forums were on, on message boards, SickTracks.com. And everybody was cool there. And we would meet up, you know, strangers didn't know each other, became friends. We met up at Sound Factory or the Roxy. These kids? Holy cow, man. I, I can't fucking stand those motherfuckers, man. They were so pretentious. And I was like, what are you doing? Like they were, they would make fun of people in in the group, and it's like they would out with them. Yeah, that's not what this is about. Like that corny kid. What was his name? I forgot his name. That corny kid that he was a DJ. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Well, obviously, it's a relevant yeah factor in in the game in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, I mean, it, there it is. It is a worldwide problem. I don't want to just pinpoint New York here because. There is the the saying the techno snob, you know that that's yeah, around. Yeah. So they're they're kind of just the epitome of that in like a New York kind of term. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's not what the scene started on, right? The scene nah. started on uh, people getting together in undisclosed locations, pretty much our mantra. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, warehouses, outskirts of town, and you could have the billionaire that a bellboy was helping with his bags right next to the bellboy on the dance floor while the DJ is playing that music and. That essence of the music, I mean, and just being about the music and throwing a good party and 
that non-pretentiousness, like the example with the billionaire and the bellboy, these are true stories, mm-hmm. uh, is gone now. And we're trying to rid, rid, rid of that. Obviously, it's the beginning stages, but yeah. you really see the vision going further, way, way above, uh, you know, what we have, what we have now. And like we said, we're just trying to grow the team bigger, and uh, especially with the squad that we have. Yeah, everybody starts from zero, you know. So I'm not. I actually love starting from zero because I like the whole building part is fun for me. It's exciting. So I'm, I'm happy to start from zero. So yeah, everybody starts from zero. And, um, you know, we started from negative zero last uh, year, you know, we were in the negatives and we just rocked up and we did it, you know, and, you know, we, we did fail because we said, let's do something in the fall. And, you know, I think we were afraid that the cops would take our equipment if we just rocked up and, uh, Washington Square Park. So we kind of like that kind of like slowed us up. We we started thinking like, should we? And then we started thinking maybe we should, we should do an event. And then we had like two things fall through because they, you know, people were like, yeah, I'm throwing a party. And then like that would fall through and then the other one fell through. So we actually did have some like mini failures along the way. So it just, it hasn't been like we did a party and it's great. And now we're doing this and it's come easy. Like, it's been super hard, you know, even looking for a venue. It's like, no, okay. that, 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 that's the hard part. And like one thing that's important to note is, you know, we're getting to the point where we're ready to drop like a lot of money to, to make this happen. Uh, or we, we were considering it, you know, and like, thank God we did it. And we kind of just believed in really more so Danny's vision than mine. Like, listen, we can make it on our own terms. We don't have to like take this big risk et cetera, et cetera. Like, but it was getting to a point where you think that way and you say like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, I, I don't care. I'm really taking this, like taking the word by world by the balls and, 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 and I'm going to throw, do it my fucking self. And that's it, you know? So time, you know, patience is obviously a virtue here. And I'm just glad that we got off the ground. There wasn't really a moment that I doubted it. It just, it's a slow burn and with slow burns comes, you know, a big explosion, right? Eventually, the water starts to boil. If you think about it, J curve, uh, yeah, with J curve growth, baby, J curve growth, baby. But yeah. yeah, so it just it it really I'm really excited. I, I truly like. Sometimes it feels unreal because it really feels like your dreams are coming true, you know. And just like fuck, and it happens, and like the unknowns ahead of you, and you don't know. And we have so many opportunities. We have well, I don't know what week we are on in in, in the year, but call it, let's say, till December, we have 26 opportunities uh, to really show people what what the hell we're about and, and really grow something beautiful here, especially, like, this is like a chess match, right? And we're in a bit of a check, uh, or a check, not a checkmate, we're in a bit of a check. We're in Astoria, unknown grounds. Astoria is more of a Latin, hip-hop kind of area, club, lounges, but it's also a benefit to us because there is no other competition but the handicap is that we're into the unknown Who, who's who's here who's not who's into this music who's not nine million people in this city you're gonna find one motherfucker you know for everything mm-hmm. so it's it's a big saying in new york and we're gonna find a bunch of motherfuckers for Irish shit and it's it's something that's lacking in the entire borough you know it's the entire borough doesn't have this that as much as the united states is a hip-hop and rap culture it has an extremely strong scene and eclectic following on different genres. And I think the runner up in terms of a genre that's as popular as hip hop is house music in the United yeah. States. And mm-hmm. 
obviously we don't have that bedrock like like a lot of other countries do here it doesn't matter we're still gonna persevere in this yeah i think we i think what we have in a story is first first mover advantage and that's like what we say in the startup world you know you want to be the first one to build this type of product because you get all the you get all the users and the the users are sticky they stick with you and then everybody else that comes in they have to steal market share so in Astoria we have first mover i, I wouldn't even say queens we have first mover advantage because it, there isn't i mean there other there's no really like other nightlife in queens other than really like Astoria like that i could think of at the top of my head and there's nothing going on for house music in Queens, you know, except for maybe they do like a big festival here and there, but and it's Sunday and it's daytime. Basically no competition, man, you know? So we have all those people that we can hit up during that time frame that want to go out during the day. And how many times we wanted to even if we were going out later that night, something during the daytime, like I know I've always said for a while, like, man, I would love to go somewhere that's just plays house music. It's during the day. I can chill. I can dance a bit. I can drink. You know, there's sunlight coming in. It's good weather. And fucking we 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 got it, man. And we wanted to do it once a month. And we got it for every week. And we have some time to actually build this thing. They're not expecting 300 people every week, you know, because we, we actually, we set that, that, uh, standard. We said, Hey, listen, you know, we gotta, if you want to do it weekly with us, you gotta make, you gotta understand that we're building this. So I'm really excited about that. And, and yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's just our time. And, uh, like I said, we're going to get it popping and, and it's a perfect place to be, man. It's a perfect spot. It's a perfect venue. And I think we're gonna we're gonna make some noise in in this town. Yeah, I mean that that, that goes without saying. In terms of making some noise, but yeah, you're right. One, now that you pointed it out, Astoria is really the only place to have a good time here. I mean, Jackson Heights there's a lot of niche little areas in the in Queens that. People but that's have like fun. really, really like lot. That's a straight yeah, Latino. Latino, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like Latino, salsa, and, and, merengue, bachata, cool. Yeah, 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 like that, like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but really, people are just yeah. I mean, Austin Street, but that's not places you go out. Like all you have yeah. is hookah lounges. You don't necessarily have a party that you want to go to. You don't gotta cross the uh, the Pulaski Bridge uh, or the Kosciuszko Bridge to go have a good time, especially with like house music, right? And then uh, Queens is really like they they envision LIC. To be like a New York City skyline in early, mm-hmm. uh, it's a late 2010s. Uh, well, late late two th- uh, early 2000s, right? And when I was a kid, I'd look at it. You only had the City Bank building, and yeah, I'd be yeah, like, yeah. Nah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, there's no fucking way it's gonna happen. I used to read the newspaper a lot growing up, but that's no Yo, way it's on. happening. Hold on, you know what's funny? <laughs> you're so funny. You are the same person. If you thought that way, you're the same person. And then I think about myself. I used to envision. Long Island City and Williamsburg. I'm like, when are they going to build this up here? Because the sky, like, this is the real views to Manhattan, right? This is where you want to build up. So it's funny that you had the opposite thought 
They're like, nah, this can't happen. And I no, I had the opposite. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, I saw it. I'm like, that's dope. And I'm like, I'm really like pro Queens. And I'm like, there's no way. And I saw these renditions, 3D and the newspaper. Like, this is before even like iPhones were out really like that. Mm-hmm. Well, late 2007, like, you know, you had to pop up with the first iPhone and iTouches and stuff like that. But I would look at it and be like, there's no way. Like, But that's cool. Hopefully it happens. And lo and behold, you know, 15 years later from that time, and we're at a point where the most luxurious living, the nicest buildings are in LIC. People don't go out in the city anymore. They go out to the outskirts uh, of, of the city, uh, the city meaning anything below like uh, 96th Street, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, the Dominicans go to Inwood, the Bronx people party in the Bronx, Queens people party in Astoria, Brooklyn parties in Gowanus and uh, fucking Bushwick and Willie B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Park Slope, all those, all those areas. So, so it's, it's and it blew up. So I imagine that the renditions of the party scenes are, are ever growing in Queens. And yep. if a promoter agrees with us, then we're on the right track here because mm-hmm. there's nothing similar to that. And there's a there, there's a seismic shift. There's a shift happening here uh, in 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 the scene of just New York City nightlife in general, where. The same formula is not going to be working anymore. Having the same motherfucking DJs come to the same spots and pander to really, you know, the alcoholic kind of, well, not alcoholic, uh, alcoholic beverage drinkers, uh, which is, you know, every single kind of race that's here in in New York uh, and kind of just throwing hip hop and throwing the same DJs on. It's not cutting Mm -hmm. it anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was, sorry, when I was, when I was growing up and I was in high school and 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 college, Queens was the fucking place to party. I remember when I was a freshman in college and when I was in high school even, to go to Williamsburg, the only people that would go to Williamsburg were like a random friend of mine and we would go to Williamsburg and go on uh what what's that damn what's the main Berg, what's the main street called where the train where you get off the train on the L? Kind of uh, forgot. Uh, what do you mean? You know, Barry Wyeth. No, oh, Bedford. Bedford. That forget about, you know, south of Bedford. That was Ghost Town. But Bedford was Ghost Town. There were like two or three bars. They were all dive bars. And they wouldn't check IDs. So yeah. we would go there. At like and what it is now, it's crazy. So we used to go out in Queens. Clubs in Queens, you know, uh a lot of clubs played for for house music, it was the city and Queens. And what was Queens? Queens had DNA. DNA, everyone liquid, went for DNA. Liquid, yep. DNA. All that uh, shit. Um, there was Petra, a Metropolis. Metropolis. System. There was, every, there was everything, bro. So, like, you know, now that Brooklyn is, uh, you know, using my business mind, now that Brooklyn is so congested, there's so much same, so much, not the same, I don't want to say the same, but there's so many parties there. Queens people don't have to just go to the city. I mean, to um, to Brooklyn to party. Now they have another option. Now they can come to Queens, and they're gonna get the same. They get. Not, I don't want to say the same fire music, but they're gonna get the same experience that they would if they go somewhere else. Like when I say same, I mean like a great experience. You know? Yeah. We're not famous DJs, but bro, we can hang. I'm not even. I'm not like being cocky, especially. This week, I heard a bunch of mixes. 
we I don't I'm, we can't hang with like uh, the Marco Corollas, the Lucianos, the fucking Jamie Jones. Those guys are still. I'm still not at those at that level DJing. But I heard a lot of the mid tier DJs. What I would say, like DJing, I heard East End Dubs set some waves. Uh, Rossi set a BPM. Uh, I heard a Christos. He said all amazing sets, bro. But when it comes to mixing, they're still they're nowhere near that level at like a Luciano or like a Corolla. The way they mix, that you don't. It's it. That's a fucking. Like Luciano's a journey, Guti's a journey, Marco Corolla's a journey, but it's different. But you don't, you don't know that another track, like you know, another track is coming, but it sounds like the other track. You know what I'm saying? Like it's flawless, and you know we make little mistakes here and there because you know a lot of times we don't use sync because we just want to stay fresh. But I think our mixing, maybe because we grew up with those DJs, kind of emulates that a little bit more. Because the younger guys, they were doing a lot of quick short mixes, like regular. But yeah. ours are longer. They're longer blends. They're longer mixes. They kind of like gel together a little bit more, I feel. So I think we can hang with those deep, the mid-tier DJs right now, you know, with anybody. So if you come to us, you come to our party, you're getting a fire, dope vibe. Don't worry that we're not famous. Just worry about the music. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean... Because that, that, that's what makes it like special. There's long mixes. There's uh, we actually mix tracks. Like what, what's these? Uh, what's the popular thing now? Mashups, right? And yeah, and these quick like you know uh, using the breaks and tracks and doing the quick transitions. Like that's like uh, sure the attention span is 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 shorter of people these days, given the thousands of distractions people have and their obsession with their phone. But like. That's not what music is about, right? Music is not about fucking quick, 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 quick. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Uh, so, I mean, I think we just stick with the old school kind of playbook. And that that's what, in our eyes, works. Like, I'm not adjusting my sound or myself to anything remotely close to what people are doing now. No. And, yeah, people just want to mix out really quickly so they don't have any clashes or anything like that. I mean, the cheat code to that, uh, if you really want to flawless mixing, is... I mean, Corolla does use sync, loop. right? Uh, is is loop and mixing in key. That's like that's that, that's the biggest uh, mm -hmm. the cheat code is really mixing in key. You're never gonna have any clashes or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing to say, you know, Marco does use sync, but that's he okay. knows, but he knows uh, how how to blend the 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 the, the tracks, right? The right I parts. Mean, it, it, he's used time code vinyl for so long. Uh, for for ages, and he DJed in vinyl for so many years, and it wasn't really using sync. Once you're at that volume, you have to put on the show for people, and like proving your DJ skill is not. You don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to keep using, avoiding using sync. If you look at videos of mid tier to upper tier DJs, to even low tier DJs, and how many times you can see the white little light on the CDJ mm -hmm. on, you'd be surprised. Everybody uses it. But yeah, it's okay. it goes back to what we ask for DJ mix submissions to have you on our program. It, like, you just know how to DJ. It's not about mixing. It's way past that. It's really throwing a nice set of records for people and make them dance. And really, the ultimate goal of DJ is, is to make a person that doesn't like the music fucking dance and enjoy mm -hmm. that shit and leave and say, damn, I was kind of wrong about that thing.
This guy really fucking ripped it. What's his name? That's what the DJ's about. Yeah. Not about fucking sync and these mashups. And maybe that's what people like. There's some people that do like that. I can't bash that. But that's like kind of goes with the formula of being your own social media manager and doing it. But mm-hmm. it's not really what what it's what the art of a DJ is, right? That's not really what what what, what it's about. So. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I listened through all of our mixes. It's kind of like, you know, Monday night tape review with the team, you know. And I yeah. just listened through where you could improve, where I fucked up, what, you know, testing other sounds, right? Experimenting other shit. Uh, what, what, what are we pro at, right? What sound do we kind of blend so nicely when we experiment? Where are we fucking up? Or specifically for myself as well. But then we're kind of just past that kind of, you know, this, this sort of, Trying to prove the DJ's skill set, it's really now just proving how to throw, you know, that we can a throw party. a fucking party. Yeah, uh, and 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 that's that's kind of our next stage in, in, mm-hmm. our, in our journey here. You still need to know how to mix because some, you know, there are some songs that uh, sync doesn't work with, or that doesn't sync up to another song. You know? Oh yeah. So then, uh, no, no, a, a, I a agree. DJ that no, no, a DJ that doesn't know how to mix probably just skips that song, you know, and just picks a song that sync does. Sync with, but it sucks if you really want to play that song and you got to skip it. So if you know how to mix, just mix it in. When I first started, I would do that. I would skip it so I could relate to that. I would <laughs> yeah. say, yo, like like the hi-hats clash too hard. I can't really figure this out. And then I started learning how to beat match. And then I was like, once you learn how to beat match, there's no way you can't really mix it in. Like you really could really fucking find a way. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, is really got to know your music as well. Um And... But like you could always mix anything in, and you could you could see like a lot of the big mm-hmm. big guys do that, right? About like like you said that quote from the Embros. If I hear a DJ mess up or it goes um you know it goes off off um, off mix, right? Yeah. That's how I know that person is DJing, and, that, and that's very valid. So it's a point out. Well, they like, said they like it. They like when that happens because he's like, I know he's working the track, and actually the uh, the the interview that I sent today. Carl Cox said the same shit. He's like, I love when a DJ is, is not using sync because and, and the mix goes off because I can hear, you know, I know the DJ's working working the mix and working the track. But again, that's also that's also DJ saying it, you know. Uh yeah, the crowd doesn't have that same type of uh, temperament uh, to show yeah. like that. But then again, some a lot of times the crowd doesn't unless it's unless it's not like a full blown train wreck. You know where you you dancing and like it fucks you up. They don't really hear it and they don't uh, they don't care. You know, but the people that do seem to care. That's why I want to put this in front of them. Like what these you know more known DJs do. It's like the the unknown pretentious DJs that they're like oh this that this. They put all these rules. You know, it's like well Carl Cox and the Ambrose just said like it that shit doesn't matter. Like they actually like that. So what the fuck are you talking about complaining about? Like shut up. Whenever you bring that up, you just tell them it's like a like a Pokemon card, or you're playing yeah. poker and you got a perfect hand. What about Ricardo Villalobos? What, what are you gonna tell yeah. him? You know, he's garbage. That he's a following. That he, he fucking train wrecks all the time, but somehow it sounds amazing. And you're like, fuck, what a fucking great DJ. And he's one of my favorites. I don't know how I forget him out of my top five all the time. Like, like you see, the music speaks for itself, not the mixing. And that is the fucking number one example of that. Ricardo Villalobos. He has fucking 
banger tracks and he knows how to read the crowd. If he can't mix it, he don't give a fuck. He'll train wreck. But once that song hits, <laughs> you feel that shit in your fucking soul. Like, yeah. I won't say he's not 100% a train wrecker, but has he uh, been known for doing it? A shit ton? Absolutely. But all these other guys, like, some things are just easy to mix. Techno is easy to mix. I don't care. Tell yeah. me I'm wrong. But it's very easy to mix. The variation. I mean, when I first started DJing, I mixed techno for, for maybe three, four years. So that's like 2011, 2012. I played a lot of techno. I was obsessed mm-hmm. with, like, Adam Bayer and drum code. And I played. And I was like, oh, this is not that hard, you know? <laughs> and I started getting, yeah. I started expanding my sound palette, started getting into more minimal and tech house and, uh, you know, getting exposed to that scene. And then, fuck, you know, I was like, all right, this is a little bit more serious. I mean, shit, I remember even when we spun like 17 hours, we spun everything, you know? Yeah, 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 everything, yeah. Um, the first time, so like the first good feedback I got, not feedback, but what is it? Um, anyway, I, I was... I had heard this guy DJing at a, uh, like, a t- I was at a teen night. I was 14. And I knew I wanted to DJ, but I didn't, I still didn't have, like, my own decks or anything. I used to go to my friend's house who his father had a, a Denon 9000 set up. And it had little platters like this that you can scratch with. It was sounded terrible. But, you know, you can, you it was CDs. And you mix, you know, he had a mixer and everything. But, um so I used to like try mixing like that and learn like that. But, you know, it was, it was a struggle. So I asked, I was mixing hip hop. So I asked this guy, like he came out of the booth. I was waiting for him. And I told him, yo, you know, I'm learning how to DJ. Like, can you give me some advice? Like, what's the best way? How do I learn how to mix? What's the best? And he says, take two tracks that you love. Mix that every day until you do it perfectly. And he said he was a hip hop DJ. He said, but you should probably part. What's the word I'm looking for? He said, t- he said, take two tracks, but the word he used was, um, you can use anything, but he said, you should use like two house tracks. You know, house music. I was like, yeah. So I got two house tra- tracks and in my friend's house, he used to do it all the time. Then when I was 15, like my mom bought me equipment. I got my turntables and everything. And I was just mixing like two house music tracks over and over, over and over until I got it perfect. And then I was like, oh shit, I got it. And then. This other guy, this is DJ. I met him through Sick Tracks when I was a little older, probably like sixteen. Uh, his name was DJ Clutch. You know DJ Clutch, right? Oh yeah, now 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 it's about yeah yeah. So um, he's, he's still he's still out there. Yeah, he's still out there. So he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you a little secret." He goes, "You can you know write the BPMs on all your records." I was like, "How do I, how do I do that?" He was like, "You just play the record and tap your feet." And count how many times you tap your feet. He's like, do that for a minute. So I started doing that for a minute, but I was like, let me just do it for 30 seconds and just times multiply by two, right? So I started doing that, started writing that on every record. And I was like, oh my God, this just got 100% easier because this one is 120. This one is 121. So I'll just slow this one up or speed this one up a bit. And I was mixing and I was like, holy shit. And then I started like doing it with hip hop. I started, you know, mixing hip hop with like the, with the BPMs. And it was over from there. But the dude said, the first dude was like, mix two house tracks over and over until you can do it blind. And I did that. And that's how I learned how to mix. With hip-hop, it's a little different. I couldn't do that. But I already knew how to mix. And then with the BPM shit, that shit was like a cheat code, bro, the BPM shit. But having to count all the time, I was like, God damn. And then Serato came out and, you know, it did it. It did that, the BPM shit yeah. for you. 
And that shit just made it super easy. Yeah, the early 2000s definitely changed the game big time. I mean, Hell just yeah. the the automation or I guess what's, what's the word for it? Like technological advances, all that shit, you know, mm-hmm. made it easier for DJs. I mean, look, like there's that meme you shared today with me. Back in the day, what a DJ does? DJ. Now, social yeah. media expert, uh, <laughs> uh, brand ambassador, uh, fucking videographer. videographer yeah. Everything. Uh, promoter. Producer, promoter, everything, you know what I mean? So, with, 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 there's, with technology comes uh, more more work and you sacrifice the actual art of, of DJing. So it's, 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 it's to the detriment and to the, to the benefit, uh, you know, kind of where we are now with it. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy how kind of you start and like how your, your progression just changes over time into your interest. And mm-hmm. I mean, for, for me, I just kept doing it like year after year, after year, after year, and like trial and error, like, you know, just learning how to do it. Like the, the, the way, the best way that like I was told is it because I'm a little, you know, a little ahead in the gener- a bit, bit more ahead of the generation is you cover the screens on, on, on a CJ so you don't know the BPMs or anything. Mm-hmm. And then and then you kind of same thing like you said, you kind of tap your foot and you got to get the BPMs and then you figure out if it's slower or faster if you hear it. Now it's a little easier because you could do uh, cross cue them and then like hear it. But like you basically learn by not having any visualization that's given to you, that's made it available to you to kind of learn how to how to beat, match, yeah, yeah, how, how to spin your record or uh, just the the pitch on it. So mm-hmm. that just helped me. Now it kind of just comes like second nature, you know. You kind of just from blocking it, you just hear it, you know. And that's like one thing I always struggle with. I was like, fuck, like I see so many DJs, they hear it and they know right away. And I like I didn't get it until like I don't know a few years back, where I'm like, fuck, I kind of get it now. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to. Rhythm, rhythm also helps because if you if you have no rhythm, you you're never gonna you'll never be able to mix two songs because you have like when you know when you're mixing you're like boom boom or you can hear you can hear like or know what rhythm to place and you can just you just feel it it's like a feeling you know if you don't have that like some people don't have that they can't they can't mix and yeah you know sync helps them but I feel like even with sync. You know, like you still you gotta mix in the right places. You know, you got you gotta use yeah. loop. You gotta do a lot more. You want you need to do a lot more shit. So you're just not like letting this letting the song finish and then you're just mixing the boom, boom, boom. Because then you, you know that the shit we talked about. Then you fucking fade it down and it's just boom, 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 boom. Like it's still you know Man. you still gotta know how to be a like a mixer. You know, like blend blending two songs together. There's a DJ who. I mean, who's known for doing exactly what you just said? Pausa does that. Like he lets his track end. Like he does not mix at all. He don't care. But he has bangers and he has his following, and they don't bangers. give a fuck. That's another example. And like I've seen him mix though, and he and he, and he can. But he's just saying fuck it, you know. He knows how to play it. So uh, the trick the kids are using these days is echo effect. Everybody uses Pioneer. Yo, I heard they that. Echo, they echo shit out, bro. That's crazy. Because like, they, they, they do that in hip-hop. But to hear that in house, I never thought I'd hear that in house. That's crazy. Yeah. And kind of you start mixing it and echo it out. I mean, not a bad trick, but like what a cheat code. What a lack of a vibe. It's just the next track coming in. And just bro, let it I start heard playing. Rossi did that in the BPM mix. Oh, uh, well, you heard him do it? Yeah. I mean, so, sometimes you need that in your back pocket. Like shit's like. 
Yeah, I know, having I know. a good time. So you, you yeah. it was dope. He, he did it. It was dope when he did it, though. There's nothing wrong with doing it, and you got to do it at the right spots. You got to know because if there's like if it's on a, on a on a break or something like that, it'll tend to act as a as a delay effect rather than like echoing yeah, yeah. it out. Not so you you could like really fuck up if you don't do it the right way. So there is some sort of source to it, but that's not what the fuck it's about, you know. So it's it's you know people are just. Kind of just finding their way. They're trying to really just trying to be a DJ that comes with the glamour, not for the music that they were previously. Like even if you listen to the greats historically, you got Carl Cox saying, "I never thought I'd make money off of this. I never thought." You know, a lot of these people in the beginning that started this stuff for us, that enabled the path for us, mm-hmm. they said, "I don't know, I was gonna make money." Like uh, there was no such thing as like a superstar DJ in, in the house music scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, this shit just came out, and then you know other countries took it and ran with it, and then did their own variations of it, but. Making money, headlining clubs, ten thousand, twelve thousand people in attendance to come mm-hmm. see them. Yeah, uh, all, all races, all, 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 all uh, sex, uh, sex, genders, and sexual preferences, all in one dance floor, enjoying some mm-hmm. shit together, and we're making money. I mean, <laughs> yeah. shit, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, you know, even in the beginning, nobody really foresaw the future. I mean, now we're at a point where the, the, one of the, the guys in the documentary you sent me, he said. I th- I, he's like, oh, house music peak. This is it for it. It's gonna go down from here. And that was like early two thousands, and he was fucking wrong. Yeah, boy, was he wrong. This is this is only like you see what's crazy the expansion of genres. Like it's like a, it's mm-hmm. like a it's like a shark mouth, like just open, like a crocodile mouth, like opening and opening and opening into commercialization. So he's not wrong, but it's not gonna ruin. House, I mean, it's not gonna end house music. It's gonna just further expand it and commercialize it and make it just basically like the bread and butter of a genre that the whole world loves, you know. Mm-hmm. But the first, you know, obviously it was techno. That was the opening of the crocodile mouth. Then uh, I guess acid well, it was, techno. It was no, no. It was um. Well, house music, house, house music, yeah, yeah, house yeah, and disco, yeah, house music, disco. No, I'm, I'm talking about now with it. I'm talking about now mm-hmm. in terms of the commercial commercialization, not the start of it. The mouth is closed in the crocodile. In the in the <laughs> beginning, I'm talking about 2010s with the yeah, EDM yeah. explosion, right? So yeah, techno, yeah. EDM explosion, it opened already. It's ready to yeah. bite. EDM explosion. So then now progressive house was major in the country, and not mm-hmm. to say that it wasn't already huge before that, but the explosion, explosion to the degree yeah. where it was here, but that died very quickly. Now what's yeah. tr- thereafter took over? Deep Remember house Dutch, took Dirty over. Dutch? Yeah, the Dirty Dutch <laughs> music. <laughs> Chucky, right? DJ Chucky. Where These is guys, he? What's he doing? If they did, if they didn't pivot to the new shit, which is tech house, which is the, the commercialization, yeah, they kind of just keep it on to their 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 grassroots followers, and that's it. And they, 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 what keeps them alive always: New Jersey, Vegas, New mm-hmm. York, not even Miami gives them a chance. But mm-hmm. Vegas keeps all these guys alive. DJ Paulie D keeps them alive. How the fuck, right? Well, I mean, I, I don't even like him as a hip hop DJ, but he plays like nah. that perfect like Vegas. He's garbage. Sound. Like he uh, was garbage as a put. He was he was he was train wrecking hip hop. Like I know, and I don't video. know how it's possible. Yeah, uh, I never saw him being fucking any good at it. Uh, but it's it's like uh, like the song. I crashed my car and I hit a wall. I don't care. I love it. Like yeah. shit like that. You know that he's the ideal DJ for 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 that. Sort of like genre, yeah, and yeah, Vegas yeah. eats that shit up, you know. So he's gonna yep. keep a lifeline, like 
I don't know why DJ Afrojack or Chucky or any of these guys are being booked there, you know? And but some of know, them pivoted, you know? Some of them pivoted yeah, to yeah. make some nice tries, but they still stick to that shit. And, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's good for the pool party and people still just rage there. Maybe the they sun do. just melts their brain. Like, what the it's fuck just, goes on in Vegas? It's, I mean, a lot of Vegas is middle America, middle white Americans that go party there. Like, majority, right? Uh, and yeah. they love... They love that like party, silly music. They'll hear it over and over again. Yeah. But now that house, like let's call it the commercial tech house. Now that that has infiltrated middle America, you're going to see a lot more of that in Vegas and and more of that like Afrojack and Chucky. Bigly. They're going to start. Yeah, they're going to start like, fading. But John like that, Summit. that's going to be that's the next thing. For Vegas, like um, the tech house and those DJs are going to start DJing that. And then you're going to see them start like fading. Like the guys like John Summit, they'll probably stay on top because they're on top. And, you know, he can change his his like uh, his style and shit to kind of stay up there. And he has the connections. But like all these middle tier DJs that are just playing all the tech house and getting the parties. If they end up in Vegas, they'll sl- just like EDM DJs slowly fizzle away. Yeah. And the top. DJs that kept it real will stay at the top because house music, it's going to always be house music, the bass. You know, it's never going to go out of style. So those guys will always be at the top. I mean, you can see it now from the guys from back then to today. So, but yeah, it's going to go to Vegas. And then I think once it goes to Vegas, that's when you know it's at the top already. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already starting. Gordo, John Summit, they're DJing there. An interesting conversation to have is What's going to happen in the next 10 years when the greats are actually at an age where they can't sustain the level of fame they have, like the Carl Coxes, mm-hmm. which is slowly easing out, the Danny Tenaglia, which, you know, in your eyes, he's not really one major heavy hitters. But no, he is. He is what, a heavy hitter. I just but not e- even the ones in their mid-50s, you know, they're going to slowly trickle out, you know, and like, what's the next big fucking like thing? Who are the next ones to take over? Who's yeah. going to carry the torch? Because there's really... It, it, is it gatekeeping that's holding people back? They're slowly bringing the young scraps, but yeah. they never surpass them. They're always b- below that glass ceiling that they built for the, that they built for them, yeah. and they're not gonna crack it. They're gonna hold that, and promoters are gonna stick with oh, those guys as long yeah. as making them money. But what's gonna happen when these guys eventually retire? And like in ten years, you know, I'll be forty. Well, there's be gonna be 50. I'll be fifty. There's gonna be new DJs that um like, like you know, like the, us. The, like the us, yeah, us, but like the Chris Dussies, the fucking yeah, Eason yeah. Dubs, the Ben. The, I mean, a- any DJ that's like on the Music On roster and the Paradise roster, those are the DJs within that ecosystem have a chance to be like the next Jamie Jones or break out and start their own label and brand and bring that following and do their own thing and be, you know, in their own league. So it's up to. It's up to the DJs that have like that that chance to do with to do something with what they have. And what is it? It's building your own brand, bro. Building your own brand and you know, starting your own party, festival, and that's how you get big. Now, it's funny because we are doing that now at our low suit we're at the lowest level and we're doing that now. And I think Especially in this ecosystem nowadays and in today's day and age, I think that's the best way because yeah. we have all the tools at our disposal to grow from the bot. Back in the day, 
we couldn't we couldn't do that, right? Because no social media, like who the fuck's gonna know us? Like fly, handing out flyers, like it'd be kind of wild. Like we would have to have to be producers, right? Like yeah. we want to produce music now, but back then we would have to produce. But now with Facebook, social media, Instagram, social media, TikTok, YouTube, especially YouTube is great for building a brand. Like we can start a party now and do it. You see it in the UK. Like I, every time I hear a podcast, I send it to you. Like, yo, look, they built their own thing. They started three years ago. They started four years ago. Look where they're at now. You know, yeah, unknown, unknown dudes like just building their own thing, starting in their local communities, and then blowing up all across the country. So, like, and it's not. It's. I mean, it was. It was done here on like a little tiny scale, but it stayed local. Stay super local, but I think, I think we got a chance to fucking take what they're doing in the UK, do it here. Like I said, bro, like imperialism, bro. We're gonna take over Queens, take over Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Staten Island, comes to Brooklyn, the city, New Jersey, tri-state area. We go down to Miami, take South Florida, and then take Central Florida and Orlando. Then we go to fucking Mexico, South America, Caribbean, and then go to Europe. We could do it. I mean, yeah, I think the Miami is like the the catalyst that will take us to the worldwide brand because that is like the mini UK in terms of having that bedrock and support and kind of the party goer crowd that really could explode your brand to the next level. Because uh, in, in New York, unfortunately, in the game, besides all this pretentiousness and all this bullshit, once you get a buzz you have a shit ton of support and people really ride with you till the end. But with support comes a lot of saboteurs, haters, and they're going to do everything in their power. Like that glass ceiling, like all these big dogs do to the little guys in DJing, promoters, event space people. But you have your own following, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I said, you know, uh, promoters don't matter. Saboteurs could be you know and i've heard some crazy stories about fire alarms being pulled at parties police being called in uh recently at a venue uh, for a surprise inspection this is all competition like there's some dirty games in the scene uh but we're not a venue holder right we're at an event brand if you mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. so you could kick us out of a b c d we'll keep popping up and we, we and motherfuckers better know we have the capabilities to throw a party anywhere, whether it's a park, mm-hmm. Washington Square Park, mm-hmm. the street, out of a minivan, out of a truck. We'll fucking do it wherever we can, as long yeah. as we have the, the following, which we already have a solid grassroots following. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be ever growing. It's what Gordo's doing, bro. He said, OK, you guys don't want to really fuck with me. I start my own shit. Taraka. Yeah. Taraka. <laughs> Takara, Taraka. Always sold out. Fuck. Always oh, sold out because he has yeah. a, he has a following. He got people that's gonna buy tickets, bro. It's like what Gary Vee always says. He's like, it's so funny because he goes, "The market is the market is the market, right? The market's gonna tell you if you suck or not. If they buy your shit, they want you. You know, they like you. If they don't, you suck. So with us, the events market is gonna tell us if we suck or not. If we build a following, they lo- they like us. We don't suck. If we don't build a following, we suck. But in both, you got to put the work in so you can be seen, so people can, you know, you can convert people. So it's just all work, man. It's just all work. That's it. So 
And uh, like I said, we've been saying it, we've been doing it, and now I said a bunch of other things. So now we know that those things are gonna next year. I can't wait for next year to look Let's have back. The same conversation. It's funny yeah. how we look back at some of the things that we did in terms of like DJing and music. Like even historically, we look back. No, we just said we did it. And just like funny, like holy shit, we fucking did it. You know, we kind of like pushed ourselves. And then just like you know, at first you, how do I say? It? I don't want to say that it's. It's like it just it's coming true you know what i mean like you really believe it you really put in the fucking work it's really coming true and you pave your own fucking path to to achieve whatever the fuck you want like it's funny like we spoke some words and it came into fruition that's kind of what i want to get at like that's the most beautiful thing that comes of this and a lot of things that applies to a lot of things in in life but when it comes to your dream it's really an amazing feeling i still sometimes can't believe it some of the things that we accomplished so far like we really are coming at it all, 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 all sides. We, we podcast, we we produce, we DJ. We're throwing our own events. Like we really are the motherfuckers that are doing it all, you know. And like we're really taking a chance here and really putting ourselves out there, and to make this shit the fuck happen. Like there's no more waiting around or hoping or begging DJ. Please, please, sir, can I have a gig? Please, sir, can I have a no gig? Way. Like f- fuck them. We're the deciders of we're gonna have a gig or not. And guess what? We got <laughs> yeah. one every fucking week. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And that's what it's gonna be. And yeah. I think it's cool that you got to do so many things these days. Social media, this and that, it makes you an expert in a whole bunch of fucking shit. And it's important in life to have this kind of uh, uh what, what do you call it? Uh, what, what do Skills. you call it? When you have everything spread out, diversity in your skill set, right? Yeah, and, and you're working towards your dream too, you know, and you're throwing your own fucking shit. Like, who the fuck five years ago would say that Obri would come to fruition by me and you, and we're throwing events every week on fucking Sundays, and like it's really gonna be a game changer. I nobody, know, nobody. It's words you spoke, and they just believe in the vision, and that's it. It's a slow burn. We had ups, we had downs. We couldn't throw a party. We were scared to get our shit taken away. We had motherfuckers come. delete our mixes. Oh yeah, we we've went to recording sessions. People record deleted our mixes. Damn. We've we've DJed. They've played us. They put us a low on the bill before. They they, they put, unplugged unplugged the system while I'm DJing. Yeah, bro. Wow. It's, uh, wow. You see, just a lot of hater shit. shit. A lot of hater shit. And, and, and that same group is gonna be. You know, we're gonna be a force to be reckoned with for them, and they're gonna be quite pissed. And then we're basically going to be pulling the plug on, on, on their party. If you pull the plug on our mixer, we're going yeah. back 10 times harder. We're pulling the plug <laughs> on your party, buddy. Word, bro. Word. That was crazy, man. Anyway, th- those little – I never forget those little things. I write those down on, on like, a board so I can remember. That way, you know, it. Uh, I think about it when, when I'm like, damn, we haven't got a venue. I look at that, and I'm like, nah. We're going to get a fucking venue, bro. We have to do this shit. We can't let these cornballs, I mean, you know, yeah. do their thing and not us. Like, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kudos to you for being the, the executioner and then all that you know, and, and pushing us forward day by day. And with that said, because we given up. Now, this was a good one. This was a really good one because we talked about. The pain, the struggle, the heartburn, the fucking uphill battle. And we're, yo, we're only like, you know, if the mountain is a thousand feet tall, we're only on, we're only like at 50 feet, man. We still got a, a long way to go, but 
we're doing the work. And with do with that said, I'm gonna show these motherfuckers how I work. And I want to say one more thing. Go ahead, go ahead. As a uh, Oturo over here, or outro. I can't speak English. <laughs> speak multiple languages. So don't mind my English. It hasn't been even a year. Don't forget that. Not even a year. So this is Hit a track. It. This is a track that I'm working on. It's a Louis Vega remix competition, but it, it's coming out so so fire. I don't even. I want to release it myself. Without Louis Vega's stems, obviously. a little bit of like freestyle doom, 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 doom. Ooh, my man my man when house came in they had that thing that we seem to have lost we got caught up in the, the commerciality of it but people they don't really care how you make it they just want it to move to move to move How we that's how we work that's how we work bro that's how we work Obi on the pod baby Obi on the pod signing off may 21st sunday daytime 2 p.m to 8 p.m if you're in new york city if you're in new jersey if you're in connecticut forget brooklyn there's nothing going on in brooklyn on sunday daytime and if Mike there Bibby's was canceled like Bibby's canceled. canceled and if there was you still got to come to our party Sunday Schoolers, presented by Aubrey at the Dirty Library in Astoria, Queens. That's all we're going to say. Anyway, everything's going to be in the show notes, all the details, our Instagrams, our YouTubes, our Spotify's, SoundCloud, MixCloud, every cloud, it's in there. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Peace out.